Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of 20-somethings failing at nothing. I was going to do my normal intro but I feel like, as we said last week, we've got a lot of seasons. Yeah, I think so. It's just welcome to another episode. I think you can't. Wait, was that not your normal intro? No, normally I do this. Hello everybody and welcome back to season four episode blah 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 of 20-somethings failing at nothing. Oh, I think it's nice to change it up slightly. Yeah, you know, keep it fresh. <laughs> We're spicing things up. <laughs> A little bit. Just a tad. No, no, How no. are you today? Wonderful, thanks. How are you? A little bit sick? A little bit sick, but we're not going We're not going over that. It's okay. As always, I'm really hormonal, so... <laughs> really hormonal, actually. It's okay. So do on. Happens to the best of us. It does, but just all I'm eating is beige. I love that, though. Just beige, and I just want everything sweet. Then I eat something sweet and I think, gosh, I need savoury. And then I eat something savoury and I think, God, I need something sweet. <laughs> Never-ending cycle. It is vicious. It's, <laughs> it's emotional turmoil at this point. I, for some reason, you know you have boundaries with food. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like a positive thing or not, actually. Yeah. But you know, like, certain times of days mm-hmm. lend themselves to certain types of food. Like breakfast, breakfast food. Lunch. Lunch food. Dinner, dinner food. Dinner, dinner food. Crazy. When I work from home, I swear... It's always a good time for something sweet. Oh, all the time. Like, I could eat breakfast and be like, mm, what mm-hmm. can I, how can I sweeten this up? Every time I have a hot beverage, I'm like, oh, just dip a little biscuit oh, no. in here. Biscuits are morning appropriate, I think. Biscuits are all day appropriate in my household. Yeah. I just love a biscuit. I don't love a biscuit. I love a chocolate way more than... I think it's because I've worked in schools a lot. Staff room always has biscuits. Mm. So what you do, you go, oh, God, I just need a cup of tea and a biscuit to get me through this get day. Through the de- get through the rest of the day. Yeah, Absolutely. It's the best thing in the world. What are we talking about today? I'm not even sure at this point. Confrontation. I think this is a topic. This is a topic because I think, arguably, we have a podcast, so therefore, naturally, I guess we are quite outspoken. However, we're not... I don't... I would say we're not the best at confrontation. I think being outspoken and being confrontational are possibly quite different. They are very different. But, like, we say what we think, I suppose. But in a quite Only a controlled a, sort of way. You know, we're like, there's no immediate response, is there? No, and so I am like, a very calculated confrontationer. Like, you will have planned what you're going to say. 100%. Probably you know, in my car. Do you know what's interesting, though? There's a lot of, like, speculation around how different generations respond to things, especially at mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm which I've seen on the Times. So, like, Gen Zs, which I think... I am a Gen Z, aren't I? And you're you are. The I'm the millennial. Millennial? I'm a millennial. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But by, like, a month. Literally a month. But apparently, there's, like... There's, like, a reputation that Gen Zs are, like, not very hardworking and won't take on extra work unless it comes with extra money, won't take on extra hours. And mm-hmm. I agree that that's probably a thing. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think it's wrong. No, I don't think it's wrong. I would argue that the millennial side of things mm-hmm. should probably bid to unlearn what they've been taught to mm-hmm. like that being the last person in the office makes you the most hardworking, the most dedicating, or like yeah, does it just make you the most scared to say what you think or well, stand up for yourself? Funny, you should bring this up. It's just reminded me of something I saw. Piers Morgan did a podcast with Stephen Bartlett, I believe. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure it was the Stephen Bartlett podcast. 
correct me if I'm wrong, might not have been. Anyway, he's talking about our generation and the generations below us, blah, 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 and saying how we have become a generation, in his eyes at least, we have become a generation of people who um, are infatuated with what he said about not being hardworking, also obsessed with labelling, um, but also wanting to unlabel, like all of these different things that he was saying that his generation and generations beforehand, well, you just got on with it. You just mm. got on with it. Okay, you might have not felt great sometimes or whatever but he was like he was i think he was saying something along the lines of like having anxiety was almost like another epidemic because it causes so much like distress and turmoil and potentially like quite damaging effects for a lot of people arguably people are just recognizing it now and seeking help for it so it's it's a bit of a clash mm. but he was also talking about and i think there's a lot of talk and there has been a long time about our generation being not hard working and but i guess it depends on your what is your definition of hard work do you know what i find really interesting though what not to slag off pierce but mm-hmm. to slag off pierce mm-hmm. a little bit being a straight white british man mm-hmm. you're very represented mm-hmm. especially in probably more so than than now yeah because now we recognize a lot of different groups of people there's still work to do but we are better sure like for example mental health there's a massive space for that now yeah, yeah. About. like maybe he hasn't or has suffered mm-hmm. i don't know but like to say we just got on with it mm-hmm. i'm like are you the we though sure because now that people are being represented in those spaces mm-hmm. we have people that maybe couldn't even have left the house to go to work because they were that anxious yeah yeah can be supported definitely or maybe they can work remotely and mm-hmm. leaving the house is something they work on in a different sense. Yeah, you know, for sure. Like, but they still have the right to earn money because we have options. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I think it's quite ironic to hear from, like, one of the most represented groups that we have got in the whole world mm-hmm. about how our generation want to label everything. Like, do we want to label everything mm-hmm. or do we want people to feel seen? For and, like, sure, be 100%. Rep- be represented. And, like, that's why I think this, like, not hardworking thing, mm-hmm. I would argue both ways. Because I would say there's more young people and more women running businesses than there ever has been. Yeah. I would argue that we're more keen to establish our boundaries. hundred percent. And then that's being taken as not being hardworking. Yeah. Because we only want to work to when we're paid to work. Mm-hmm. Or we only want to tick the boxes that... And that's... I would say that we only want to tick the boxes that we've signed up for, yes, Mm -hmm. unless we see value in the experience. Yeah. So if you're going to make me do something that's outside of my role, Mm -hmm. am I learning something or am I picking up the pieces because nobody else wants to? Yeah. They're they're two different things. And I think in every generation, regardless of education, um, on, like, like now we are so educated on mental health and it's something that's really progressive. But I think regardless of that, I think every generation that there's ever been and ever will be, there will always be a group of people who are not hardworking. There oh, could 100%. be. Do you know what I mean? There's it's always going to be that. Trait, of course no? it is, yeah. And there are people who work their absolute asses off for very minimal outcome. Mm. And there are people who work their asses off and they do quite well. And there are people that don't work that hard and they do quite well. I just remember one of my aunties saying to me, it was actually, I think it was actually during the pandemic time mm. or roundabout, she had worked it. She'd actually been, weird enough, she worked remotely like 30 years ago. Oh, okay. Full-time remote, like mm-hmm. 30 years ago, but it was the start of tech industries. Right. It was, it was 
all computer based yeah and it was like the start of like data mm-hmm. being moved around in that way yeah um she didn't work out maybe she didn't work 100 percent remotely but she was at home a lot right um she worked in the same company for 14 years i think mm-hmm. and she started there when it was very small and obviously with the progress in tech it got bigger and bigger and bigger over the over right. a decade that she was working there and when she handed in her notice to leave she said like it, they were physically laughing like that she'd spent that long on the money that she was on doing what she was doing mm. because just because she never ever ever spoke up wow but it was like quite a male dominated industry and also her only experience in work really like it was one of her and this earlier was 30 jobs. years ago it was a very yeah, different place 100% but it's like she was like they were physically like we can't believe you stayed here on this money for this long kind of thing there's lots of friends and stuff involved in it right work friends because they'd worked there for so long or whatever yeah and I think that was my and she was like don't believe for a second that working hard is going to be the only way mm-hmm. like if you sit there and take it they will let you oh yeah of course. and I was like Okay, that was my first, like, I was only in my first rollout of uni at that point as well. Right. That was my first realisation that was, like, my worst thing is talking about money. Oh, it's awful. Or, like, dis- dissatisfaction, basically. Like, mm-hmm. I hate, is that the word? Unsatisfaction, whatever Dissat- it is. Yeah. Dissatisfied. I, everyone thinks I'm fine with it for some reason, but I am absolutely not. Oh, no. I'm like, not. I can sit on something for months before I pluck up the courage to be like... Mm-hmm. I find it easier to say what I do, what I do want, I guess, is what I'm trying to, like, I would Versus almost, what you're unhappy with. Yeah, like, I would almost take on more and more and more mm-hmm. if it meant that I could learn and experience what I want to know. Yeah. To the point where, like, I've not got a minute, but at least I'm ticking the box that I want to tick. For sure. Instead of being like, oh, this doesn't really suit me, but that does. Yeah. I'll just be like, that does, that does, that does. We also come from an upbringing where, I suppose, and this is through, again, it's just learned behaviour from our parents that was passed down to us. Mm. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Mm-hmm. Some people really don't mind hurting other people's feelings. Because they're I like, that's, I really do mind. And mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think it can hinder progression for us personally because... It's really hard to say, like, this is what I want, this is what I don't want, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, through that sort of uh, discipline, in a way, I guess it is, actually, I think when we do eventually get to the point where we have these conversations with people, they're received quite well. I think the issue I think a lot of older people have with our generation or younger generations is that potentially, because there is a real kind of go-getty, like, know your worth, work your value, all of that kind of stuff, it can almost potentially come across as rude and ungrateful. Yes. And that is something that I have heard quite a lot in conversations when I've been around older people. And I can I can understand it because I think I, for an example, now this is a terrible example, but we were both there, hence why I'm going to use it. Me and Yeah, you. we were out the other night for a drink. Just a casual little Sunday drink. There was a table of people. Sunday? Yeah, it was a Sunday. Oh, yeah. And there was a table of people next to us who were very similar ages to us. Yes. Clearly very, very entitled young adults and they'd ordered a meal in the middle of the night in the middle of the night it was a sunday night like all of these people and all the people that worked there worked hard all day it was a hot day sure they were knackered whatever anyway they'd ordered this meal 
and apparently I hadn't seen the the progression of this sort of outburst, but it had started with, we were sat outside, bear in mind. So normally when you sit outside at a pub, or at least pubs where we live, you go and get your own cutlery. It's quite a normal thing to do. Or they give it to you and you bring it, or they give you your drink and you bring your drink outside. It's not like table service. No. So they'd come out saying, can you believe they've made me bring my cutlery out here? I just said to her, is this McDonald's or is this a restaurant? And so I was like, rude. it's a little country pub. Like, it's nothing crazy. So, anyway, our other friend had seen that. And then, what, ten minutes after that, this waitress had brought out their food. And one of them had ordered this meal. And this, whatever she thought that the side was that came with this meal hadn't come with it. Well, when I say this girl kicked off at this poor waitress, it was embarrassing for everyone around us. Oh, my God, she was screaming. Screaming about a side salad that wasn't on the menu. Also... I've had that do, meal before, no salad comes. Unless you pick a salad to come with it. Maybe she had. Yeah, but do we scream about salad? Be, no. Maybe scream if you're missing chips. But, but the issue I had is that she then brought in the fact that her parent was involved with the ownership of this place. And I thought, you are so into, you are not the owner of this place, but you feel that you are better than the person serving you because of that reason. Yeah. You feel that you are worth more than the value of that person. So you're going to embarrass them and shame them in front of everybody. Now... Thankfully, this waitress really held her own because I would have crumbled into a bit of a mess when I was younger, for sure. I was a waitress when I was 18 to 21 on and off. I would have been mortified if that had happened to me. Yeah. Especially if you're being shouted at by someone your age in front of a lot of other people your age. Very embarrassing. And then this... And I couldn't think of anything to say. I was trying to maintain my own conversation. I couldn't think of... Nothing. It was so awkward and so rude. And I have never... And again, we went out for dinner another time a few weeks ago. And there was a group of people our age sat on the other... In the same section of the restaurant, but on the other side. And it was quite spaced out. They were so loud that three tables moved. Within like 20 minutes. Within 20 minutes. These tables kept moving. No one confronted that table until three tables had asked to move. Yeah. And some of the tables of people that were sat there were older generation and hadn't said anything and they just said, Oh, do you mind if we move tables? Because it's very British, isn't it? It's very like we'll yeah. just we'll just grin and bear it and move. Subtly like get away from it. Yeah. And then when they were confronted by the manager or whoever, he was like, Oh, do you mind just keeping it down because a few tables have been moving? And we were getting annoyed because we were like, how fucking rude. Like we would never act like that. Yeah, like nobody can actually hear themselves there. No. But everyone else in that restaurant wouldn't go, Oh look at that table of twenty something year old girls. They're they're sat so nicely having a nice conversation. <laughs> Same well. They're gonna remember like how rude is that generation? How rude is that group of people? Yeah. And it almost like tarnishes and of course it's gonna build stigmas it's and same, judgments. Same with like the hard work thing. Yeah. It's like there's it's You've met one person that said that, and now all of a sudden the whole... We're all awful. Yeah. But it was like, and when the manager did confront this group of this table, and when I say they were shouting, weren't they? Oh, like, every, I could hear every word, word for word. Shouting, word. taking pictures, moving stuff, like, it was so obnoxious and rude. And then the manager went, oh, do you mind just keeping it down because a few tables have moved? She went, well, I am so quiet. I am such a quiet person. <laughs> I was like, you fucking not. <laughs> like, one of our girls was like, I'm going to go over and say yeah, something in a minute. I was like, please don't. <laughs> yeah. That's us. Like, I really didn't want her to. Me neither. I will sit through the pain of them being really, really loud. And I'll maybe say to the waitress, if we get on with them, like, oh, God, they're, loud. they're being really loud. But I wouldn't even want them to have to go over and deal with it because no. how awkward is that feeling? Like, there's one person in my life that I won't go out for dinner with because I know she categorically will complain. That's awful. Yeah. And I don't want it. So maybe, it makes me want the, like, make, I want the ground to swallow me up in yeah, those moments. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot sit through it. No. So basically, 
I don't really like confrontation that much. No, I don't. I really... I think it can be... Do you know, I don't mind confrontation. If I feel like... Say you feel like with friendships, for instance. If I feel like there's something... Not even a... Yeah, if there's something going on with a friend, and they're like a close friend, I feel like I can sit any of our friends down and be like, this is what I'm feeling. This is... I can confront the situation. That's a little bit more of like an intervention, isn't it? That's a little bit more... Or it's a conversation. Yeah. But it's a confrontation in terms of like, I'm confronting you with a potential issue here, and Mm -hmm. I want you you to kind of bounce off of that. If it's a... You know, like when you're with your family or whatever and for whatever there's just a bit of a there's a buzz in the air and you're like something's gonna kick off today and slowly you just see it see it see it and before you know it you're all shouting and screaming i can deal with that too but i hate it but it just happens yeah but if a confrontation happens where like someone's really rude to you or like somebody takes you off like is off guard like you just don't even know what's gonna happen or you're on a night out and on nights out when people have had a drink that can happen quite a lot yeah sure someone's just outright mean to you or mm. shouts at you or whatever it is or has i don't know maybe what's gone in their day but something's gone on in their day and they feel the need to project it onto you things like that i hate and will avoid at all costs yeah i think though that the better that we get at communicating mm-hmm. the less confrontation needs to be confrontational do you know what yeah. i mean like it, it should be that you can confront a topic mm-hmm talk around that topic and resolve or agree to disagree or maybe you're not aligned and that's okay yeah but like i think that's where people are going wrong us Mm -hmm. included is that like because we fear confrontation so much we get to the point where it explodes rather than it gets addressed do i mean if you for sure if you did something that was like frustrating to me mm-hmm. and i said to you like actually do you know what what you did yesterday was a bit annoying because it made me feel mm-hmm. like this or say like we had plans and then mm-hmm. you changed it last minute because you wanted to do something else more like that's annoying because it makes me feel like my time's not valuable sure. right if i said that to you and you're like oh my god it wasn't like that or i didn't mean for it to be that way or blah 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 mm-hmm. so on and so forth you wouldn't do that again, I'd like yeah. to think, because you'd be like, oh, no, that was so it. wrong. Yeah. If you did it, and I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. You did it, and you did it, and you did it, and you mm-hmm. did it. Eventually, I'd be like, do you know what? You're taking piss. Yeah. Because you just keep shoving me off and acting like my time's worth nothing. There's no story like, involved in that, is there? It's like, too late. Yeah. And, like, now I'm annoyed, and you potentially had no idea, mm-hmm. but you're defensive because I'm having a go. Sure. And I think... Oh, sh- like, having where... a go would get someone's back up in Straight a away. second. Straight away. But being told off in the workplace puts me in... A... Not being told off. I've never been told off in the workplace. Yeah, I, was t- I was thinking... I don't... More. I have never particularly worked in confrontational environments, which I feel very lucky about. No, but I'm haven't. also not a very confrontational person because I do see other confrontations. Like, I have been in a workplace where I've seen... Where, you know, people get shitty with each other. It just oh, happens. Yeah. It's just life. But I don't think that matters if you work wherever you work, that happens. No, I think that's a mix of personalities. 100%. Building. Yeah, and totally understandable. And like the rest of your life, you define who you spend your time yeah. with, and there you don't. So. But I instantly would, I know I would feel like I was back at school. And if a teacher used to raise their voice at me, I'd get, I'd stress me out. I'd feel like a child, like you feel kind of small again. Like, mm. and anyone that I would deem as somebody authoritative in my eyes, I would be very nervous for them to have a confrontation with me, for sure. Yeah. Because I would instantly, I know I would instantly go back to being like that little, like primary school kid that was sat in the classroom and like the teacher shouts me like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Especially if you didn't mean, if you know you've done something wrong, you know the confrontation's coming. If you fucked up and you're like, oh shit. I think it depends. I hate that. I think it depends where you're at with, with a scenario though. 
Because if somebody's going to confront me, mm-hmm. say if it was at work, for example, like non-specific work, just any job, mm-hmm. my head first says, like, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. So, like, if it's, say, say there's a mistake. Yeah. Or, like, something's gone wrong, you know you've, you know you've messed up. Mm-hmm. But not in a way where, like, you've, you're so hungover you don't come in. Oh, yeah, or it's like, not like a... Like, something at work that you've done is, like, incorrect. You deleted your file without meaning to... Genuine mistake. You missed yeah. a deadline, whatever it is. Right. I'm, like, I can explain to you why it's happened or mm-hmm. why I think it's happened or where I've misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And you can explain to me where you maybe think that I could have done better or when I should have asked for help or whatever. Yeah. And then in between those two things, where are we going from here? Yeah. Because am I fired? Or... What's the resolution? Or have we learned from it? Or are we just going to sit here and go back and forth back for an hour? Like, I don't... Yeah. In my head, I'm like... I understand that there's hierarchy mm-hmm. in companies and stuff. And I do, get, I do get that you don't get to make the final decision. Mm-hmm. But equally, like, I don't appreciate people... Like, there's no point in making someone feel small over a mistake. No, if, it, if it's a legit mistake and... And we can see where this has gone wrong and we can see how we're going to make it better next time. Mm-hmm. Park it. Sure. Some people can't, though. No. Some people that's... carry a chip around on their shoulder forever and you're just like, oh, fuck off. I think that the main thing in work environments that causes confrontation, mm. in my opinion, and it's quite an inexperienced opinion, to be fair, because I haven't worked in very many different places. Mm-hmm. I think the main cause, in my experience, mm-hmm. is the difference two things mm-hmm. i think that different roles have different priorities right so the overall priority of anyone's job depending on their industry is going to be the same thing mm-hmm. like if you're in retail yeah. it's a financial it's sales mm-hmm. like regardless of what division you work in mm-hmm. we're all here because the product needs to sell yeah but then like i guess if you're working in like the NHS is saving lives. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like everyone has a different overall priority. Sure. When you break down those different roles, everybody's division has different priorities within that. Yeah. Like for example, working in like a creative field, there's a group of people whose desire is the best visual outcome. Right. In order to boost sales. Yeah. There's a group of people whose desire is to fit within the budget in order to not go over budget mm-hmm. in order for a profit margin to exist. Like, yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest areas of conflict when people are like, we're all rooting for the same thing, but in between that, our priorities are different. Sure. I think the other thing that I see that I think, mm, and I think this is also to do with the generational thing, mm-hmm. also can see it in people that are parents and not parents. Yeah. I can see it in people that live in cities and live in, in the countryside. Like, yeah. all of these different things. Mm-hmm. How important is your job to you? Oh, yeah. Is your job how you pay your bills? Mm-hmm. How you travel? Is it, like, your life's purpose and passion? Is it your life's purpose and passion? Because I think that is where there's another line where people are like, no, I log off at six. Yeah, like, I'm Because at six I go to yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're kind of like working to live, not the other way around. Pick up my kids from after school club, whatever it mm-hmm. is. And then there's people who's like, their whole life is this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just where, like, you're just not aligned. No one's wrong. 
Oh no! If it works your life, then that is sound. It's it? just hard being part of a team, isn't it? Because it's you're so like hard. you're all individuals put together. You didn't choose to be there. Mm. Well, you chose to be in the job, but you didn't choose to all be put together. And people say to me all the time, they're like, "I forgot, I forget you're 26," mm-hmm. which is wild because I look very young. You do. <laughs> You do yeah. look very when young. Like I get ID'd everywhere. You look... I never get ID'd. Literally never, never have. Oh, it's so frustrating, though. Never, ever have. Not even, like, nothing. I Maybe, like, once or twice, but really not very often. But I don't think it's because of how I act or how anyone acts at work. I think mm. it's because you all go to the same environment every day. You all work in the same industry every yeah. day. You just start to think that you you're, You don't like... see yourself as people outside of work. You just see yourself as, as the individual as, in work. And, like, this group of people that are making it work together. Yeah. So I think you forget that, like, you're all in different places in your life totally so when people are slamming their laptop shut mm-hmm. at the end of the day and you're like what the hell are you doing and they're like i'm going out yeah. it's wednesday i'm done <laughs> yeah yeah totally i did lie earlier that i actually have had a confrontation at work once have you yeah when i was younger when i was a waitress in fact no way yeah i did my with, first ever shift was it with a customer or no. with with a chef with a chef yeah and I would say me at 18 was quite confident in some ways, super insecure in many ways. I, was, I wasn't an outspoken person at 18, I don't think, unless I felt very, very comfortable in the situation. So in work or anything like that, I would I would definitely, I would apologise for everything and I would always try and do my best to the detriment of myself potentially. But like, I was a real people pleaser far more than I am now. And I would say I still am in some ways, but I'm quite happy to set boundaries. I'm quite happy to explain myself, say how I feel, um, hold my own. Yeah. Not in a, like an aggressive way, just in like a, this is how I feel. Yeah. But I wasn't like that 18 at all. I was very insecure and it was my, my first or second shift as a waitress. Never worked in a pub before, before that I'd worked in a chemist's. That's what I did. I was a healthcare assistant, and I loved that job. And then I went into a into a pub job, and one of the and one of the first shifts I ever had, I'd gone into the kitchen. I was still figuring it out. I didn't know what was going on. Whatever. Yeah. I was trying to be nice to everybody. Wanted everyone to like me. Blah blah. Went into the kitchen, and I was like, I didn't know that on the when everyone's talking about like the tickets. I didn't realize you look at the ticket and you see what table number it is. But I still didn't know what table was which table number at this point. Oh no. So I'd said to the chef, "What table was this for again?" And he was like, no, stop. And I was like, what? He was like, listen to me, you little bitch. Never. I swear on my life. Listen to me, you little bitch. Shut up. He was like, he was like, I, do you think I have time to babysit you whilst you're here? He was like, look at, and he was like pointing at this ticket. He was like, look at the table number. I was like, it's my like first shift. I said something like that to him. I was like, it's my first shift. Like I didn't mean to do that. Like, I'm sorry. I apologize. This awful person. I apologized. And he was like, no, he was like, get out of my face. Never. So I took these plates and you're like fucking shaking because you're so scared because you don't want to mess up. You don't want everyone, and in your head at 18, you're like, everyone's going to hate me. Everyone's going to think I'm bad at the job, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't my lifeline, but it was a job. I needed a job. I needed to pay for holidays and to go out on a Friday night and all the stupid shit I wanted to do. Yeah. And I wanted them to like me. So he did, he did that and it was like the only encounter we had. Anyway, I finished that shift that night and I was like so upset. I wasn't even angry. I was just so upset. I remember mm. feeling sad. And one of the other girls that had worked there, she was like, and she was, she was quite bold. She was a few years older than me. She'd been there for quite a while, whatever. She was like, what's happened? I told her and she was like, well, you've got to tell the manager. And I was like, no, I'm not telling the manager. Yeah, I was, don't like, get I was like, just don't let me in the kitchen. Like, just don't make me have to go into the kitchen whilst he's on shift. And she was like, okay, let me see if I can make sure that you're not on the same shift. And I was so upset. And I came home and my mum was like, don't go back. 
was like, I have to. I have to. Because my reality at that time, it was so important. Yeah, I know, but isn't that Looking so weird? Looking back now, I'd be like, I mean, like, fucking walk out. Don't, yeah, don't let people treat you like that. No, because it doesn't matter who you are, you don't speak to people like that. Especially yeah. if someone's new as and well. Like, 18. It was sad. And, and he was probably, to, I don't know actually how old he was, but to me, he looked like a mid-30s man. And it's like, do you get a kick out of shouting yeah. at young girls? And like, then no. I remember telling, I was telling my mum about it and she was like, you don't have to go back. And I was like, no, I do, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Anyway, I still wouldn't tell the owner of the pub. I was like, I can't tell them, I can't tell them. I tell them now, I'm still friends with them. But I wouldn't <laughs> have told them back then. Yeah. And um, Does he still work there? No, no, no. Because he had a bit of a, th- he had a bit of a reputation for being aggressive. However, there is a, I, I would say an unfortunate reputation to be fair, because it's not the same for everyone. No. But it's a bit of a thing about like, oh, chefs can be a bit blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. they can be a bit aggressive. And actually I've worked with plenty of chefs that are just super kind and super sweet. Yes, me but too. But he was my first encounter. So I was like, fuck, they're <laughs> the all room, horrible. The rumours are true. They're all mean. <laughs> and then, um, so that week, there was a week a week's period of me going on shifts and I was like oh my god like, I'm going to have to work with him I'm going to have to work with him so I just kept my head down and we kept asking all the other girls to go into the kitchen for me to grab my plates because I, I was so that's nervous so too ridiculous that. that's like so ridiculous a solid 40% of the job and it's making everybody else's job harder yeah and then thankfully his arseholey tendencies got him sacked because he tried to make a pass at one of the girls one of the waitresses and they told the boss and they were like nope inappropriate you're gone so yeah so he actually fucked it up for himself and good but the thing is as soon as he was sacked i was like thank god for that i remember such a relief however i would say i worked there for a few years and i definitely think that really tarnished a lot of my time there like i loved it i had a great time but i used to get really anxious and i used to then really worry about oh what if i take this to the wrong table what if i do this what if it It doesn't matter i can fix it one day when, when i was working at the pub yeah they used to serve fish and chips on a board, like a wooden board. That's the worst thing ever. I hate boards. Chips on it. Yeah. And then the fish on top of the chips. And I literally picked it up and the fish <laughs> went on the board. <laughs> I did like, that once with a prawn I, cocktail and it was the last one we had in the pub. <laughs> they were like, do not drop this prawn cocktail. And it came in a glass, like looked like a tiny weenie vase on a plate. How slippy is that? Yes, that's slippy, so slippy. And there was this one time where we had a food critic coming in. This was, oh, God, why am I 26 now? This was like nearly 10 years ago. There was a food critic coming in, and I'd worked there for a while at this point. So the boss was like, Abby, you're on. You're serving the critic. I was like, why have you told me that there's a critic? Like, don't give me that pressure. Yeah, but if they didn't tell you, and then you were like, oh, this place is fucking dive. And so I was like, right, okay. Best face forward here. I was like, welcome. Brought him in. I sat him to his table. I was like, can I get you a drink? He was like, yeah, that'd be great. Can I have a Guinness, please? I said, of course you can have a Guinness. I tried to do a shamrock. It came out like a triangle. (laughs) (laughs) And then served him his Guinness. And it was beautifully presented. Served him. And I said, here is the menu. And our menu used to come on a clipboard. And honestly, all I did was hand him the menu. But what I actually did was I clipped the top of his Guinness. Oh, no. But the, the, the Guinness stayed... But just the top bit just plopped right in his lap. Like just <laughs> it just like skipped over the table. And I it was so unfair because the tap didn't warrant <laughs> the Guinness to jump, but it did. And you know, and you're like, oh for fuck's sake. What did you do? I just went, I am so sorry. And thankfully he was lovely and he was okay. like, please don't worry about it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, can I get you an what am I gonna get him? A fucking new pair of trousers. But he's a food critic, right? He's not like He's a, not a Guinness critic or a waitress food, critic. Food, food, food. <laughs> food, food, food. And I said, I promise this is not 
how the rest of the night's gonna go <laughs> yeah. and he was like okay fine it's uphill from here <laughs> and i went back to the kitchen everyone was like how's it going i was like oh great <laughs> i went and pulled one of my other friends that i used to work with there and she was oh, she was like how's it going i was like, I just spilled guinness on his lap <laughs> i spilled guinness on his lap she was like you haven't i was like bloody hell yeah. but it's like every waitress has dropped a knife on someone yeah everyone or I've... drops red wine on someone's white shirt or something ridiculous like it's just the worst nothing beats that feeling actually when you work in hospitality that is the worst fuck up that can yeah, happen yeah i threw a whole pot of mayo at someone <laughs> do you remember when we squeezed to ask ketchup on that man's leg we were really young and he there was like knew. a fate down knew. the road from where we lived and we were really young it was such a fucking hot day it was the hottest day this is a good conversation about confrontation we didn't confront him and tell him we'd done <laughs> no, it we didn't so <laughs> they're gonna have gone down there we must have been 13 max 12 13 yeah really young gone down to this fate my dad was there her dad was there but like he was like right just keep in touch like he was in the, he was in the pub and we'd gone to a different place to get food and we were sharing chicken nuggets and chips and well, we had sachets. You were. We were eating. We weren't eating sachets. <laughs> we were trying to open the ketchup, and they were in the sachets. But obviously, chicken nuggets and chips is a greasy meal, and those sachets are slippery little buggers. You just can't open them. <laughs> it says tear here. They're lying. It doesn't mean it. I think I bit it, didn't I? No, you didn't. You tried to bite it, and it didn't work. So you put it on the side, and you smacked it with your hand. <laughs> you just punched it, and it just. <laughs> She'd obviously bitten a teeny tiny hole out of this ketchup. And this poor man who was sat by himself was sat literally, I don't know, two metres away from us. And I remember him exactly. And he Megan, had long hair, he? did, like, wispy hair. <laughs> and Megan punched his ketchup. And it shot out like a silly string all up his leg. It just was swizzled all up his leg. And did, we did nothing. Did we just gap and go? We just left. Or did we not eat our chips? Probably me nothing. and you probably didn't. And we'd already asked your dad to go and get us that ketchup because we were too nervous to go and get oh, it. So we sweet. used to old he used to hate it. He would go get your own ketchup. Confrontation. We hated it. What do you think would you say would be like your tips to confront someone? Mm. Like what is the best way to do it? Because the reality is mm-hmm. I would say it's a good thing to be good at. I agree. I see value in it if you can Agreed. hold it well. Yep. Especially in your career, especially in your relationships. Yes. As in relationships can be really tough. As in family, friend, partner, hundred percent. I think that both of those divisions require being able to confront someone. Yep. In the right way. Yep. I would say a lesson that I have learnt, and this has been only a lesson learnt probably in the past year. Oh my god, that is new. Profound. Um, and I suppose confrontation is a lot of the work I do, so I probably should be quite good at it. <laughs> I think you might be. But I would also, I would say that, and this is a quite a hard thing to like grasp because, well, at least I think it is because I didn't grasp it at first. But it's the idea of always going into something saying, this is how I feel, not you made me feel this way. Because how some, the way somebody acted or reacted, that's how they feel. And yes, it may make us feel sad or whatever, but I'm, that's, um... It sounds like a, it's a bit controversial to say feelings are choice because it isn't always. Situations happen that make us feel certain ways. But if I was to come to you and say, you make me feel unhappy, you make me do this, you make me... All it's going to make you do is be defensive and tell you why you don't do all of those things. Yes. We're not going to conclude and we're not going to get anywhere. In order for me to understand um, how you feel, you need to understand how I feel. Not what you... Not I'm not here to sit and just blame you the whole time. No. I'm saying I'm feeling... I feel really hurt by the fact that we had a confrontation last week and I feel like you didn't hear what I was trying to say to you. So in theory, it's like... If I said to you, never listen to me, you're a bitch. 
I'd be like, you'd be like, fuck off then, we're not going to have a conversation. So you're like basically saying to be accountable in that, like, whatever the situation is that you're going to confront, like, you're accountable for yourself in that situation. I think when we go into something and we just tell somebody else everything about themselves, that's that's going to end in one of two ways. It's going to end in either knocking somebody's confidence Mm -hmm. or it's going to end in another confrontation and it's not going to be resolved. Yeah. And that also comes from experience. I have tried that and I have Mm -hmm. done that and it hasn't ended well. Learning that I am accountable for me and I can recognise how I feel... And even if you don't understand it or you don't you didn't realise that's that's how I felt, I'm mm-hmm. giving you the option to understand me. And therefore now I'm gonna give you the space to tell me how you feel about the situation. And then I think if it's like a friendship or a relationship, like in terms of like family, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, mm. I think if you say to someone like, I'm feeling really this way, this type of way at the minute, and I just need you to hear me. What they then do with that tells you a lot about that type of person. And then it allows you to have a choice whether, okay, I'll keep you in my life because actually we're on the same page. Yeah. Or we're not ever going to meet. We're not ever going to meet in the middle. No. Because you saying sorry isn't an explanation. That's just you getting out of whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. If you go, I'm, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry. I, well, I need to know why you... Because to say sorry means to never do it again. That's what sorry means to me. If you're telling me you're sorry, you're sorry because you're not going to repeat that behavior. It doesn't mean you're not going to be sorry for something else in a week's time. Yeah. But you're not going to redo that thing. Why are you sorry? Why do you feel, do you feel sorry? Yeah, or like, do you know why I'm sad in order yeah. for you to be sorry kind of thing? Or, yeah. Or like, why I'm pissed off? Or like, it allows, or it's even like, you know, when someone says to you, like, oh, I'm really sorry that I made you feel that way. Like, that's true. Oh my God, you're not sorry for what you did. You're sorry because I'm sad about yeah, it. Yeah, but also yeah. like, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. If you then go on, like, I, don't, I just don't think I'm sorry I made you feel that way as a sentence. I'm sorry I made you feel that way, but I didn't realise that my actions would have made that happen. Like, that wasn't my intention. Let me explain myself. Mm. I couldn't get on board with that. But if someone's like, oh, I'm sorry that that made you sad, I'm like, are you mugging me off? Yeah. Because my why? you're not like, sorry that that made me sad. You're not sorry that you did it. No. You're sorry that I got upset about it. Yeah. And the thing is, if I did make you, like, if, if it was me and you, for instance, and I had done something that I hadn't seen as a big deal, mm. but it had made you really sad, and you were like, Abby, what you've done's really pissed me off. Like it's really upset me. If I really hadn't seen that that was gonna, I hadn't foreseen that that was gonna be the outcome. Of course, I'm really sorry that I've made you feel that way. What I did, I did it because of this. I had no idea that that was gonna get to that place. Yeah. It, then it gives me an opportunity to explain myself. So I think confrontation. When we confront something, it sounds like it's so one-sided. It's almost like you're shouting at a brick wall. And that's how it can feel all the time, I think. Yeah. So many people say that, like, well, I was saying all of this stuff to them and I was getting nothing back. It's like, because you've gone in. Laid You've gone them. in to confront. Mm. If we go in to have a conversation, which confront is in the first three letters, confront, conversation. Oh, yeah. Go I in with that mentality. Like, I want, I want you to hear me and I want to hear you. And then we're going to meet in the middle. Yeah. And if we're not in a space where we can amicably do that, Let's maybe leave it until we can. But then I would say, like... Or if we're on a, you know, if it... Confrontations happen. Sometimes we're just fucking angry. Sometimes we're just angry. But sometimes as well, like, I think confrontation... Sorry. Whoa, that was wild. Sorry. Confrontation has, like, a negative aura around it. Yeah. But actually, I don't think it has to be. Because especially... I think when you're conf- when when you're confronting in your relationships, it's usually because there's something underlying. Oh, yeah. But then I think... If you're confronting at work, say, mm-hmm. I think it's usually for your desire to progress. For or sure. Something. Sometimes it could be because there's something wrong, but a lot of the time it might just be like ready for the next thing. Yeah. And I think, like, 
the main thing that I've realized about that in general Mm -hmm. is that like you don't have to you're not all at the same pace no you're not people will say like oh well I I don't know like I did that well for this long before I made any progress Mm -hmm. but like you're not me sure or I did it this way yeah (laughs) but I'm not you we're still not the same Yeah. yeah and I think like that's that's the thing that I learned. Like, people don't actually have to understand you. They don't. And I think we're so desperate. I am. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, this is me. Mm-hmm. So desperate to be understood by everybody. So desperate for people to understand why I want to do X, Y, and Z. And yeah. why I need to do it within this many years. Or mm-hmm. why I should go to this company or that company. Like, we are so desperate to be understood. Mm-hmm. And, like, it is not necessary for everybody to get you. Everybody's not going to get you. No. How can people understand you when most people don't even understand themselves? They don't. That's the problem. And it's, like, this whole thing of wanting everybody to like you. We yeah. All, we haven't all got that illness, but a lot of us have got it. Yeah. Well, and that thing like, that was said, in your 20s, you worry so much about what other people think. In your 40s, you don't care what other people think. And in your 60s, you realise no one's thinking about you in the first place. Literally. But, like... It's this whole thing of wanting everyone to like you. And they're like, in reality, most people don't like themselves. Yeah. So I mean, so we spend so much time worrying about that. Mm-hmm. And one of two things are going to happen. You're either going to go into that meeting and be like, I mean, within reason, do you know what I mean? You can't come as an assistant, work there for two weeks and walk into a meeting and say, I want to be director of the company. It's not going to yeah. work. Oh, well, you say it, but, but you might not be met with all the answer you want. You might not be. But, like, if you're looking for, like, reasonable progress or whatever whatever it is that you want, mm. I think, like, it's either going to be a yes or a no mm-hmm. for a start. But sometimes you'd be so surprised. Yeah. Like, you'll say to somebody, like, oh, this this is what I want. And they'll totally get it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Then it's, like, the best things can happen. Mm-hmm. But if you just sit there because you're scared of confronting things, mm-hmm. which is, like, most people to be yeah, honest. For like, sure. I don't think I think our generation has a much we have a reputation for not being scared. Mm-hmm. And actually I think so many more people are worried about it than you think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean you see these like business entrepreneurs in their twenties on TikTok, like they're the group of people that maybe aren't scared. Mm-hmm. But they also took the leap ten years ago and they're fifteen so like sending T shirts. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then there's so many people that are so scared to say how they actually feel and mm-hmm. what they actually want. Mm-hmm. But why is it embarrassing to tell people what you want? Because we're scared of being told no. Or being or being made to feel silly. Yeah. To be like, what, why do you think you can do that? Yeah. But it doesn't matter, like, even if you did want to be a director of a company, mm-hmm. would it matter if you said it as an assistant? You mm-hmm. don't want it tomorrow. No, it wouldn't matter. Like, to be fair... Not much of it matters. No. We just think it does. Yeah. But, the... but like, it's nice to have an aspiration. Yeah. But, like, it, you feel like you can't tell people at work, like, oh, this is what I want. Because they're like, what makes you think that? Yeah. People always think you're gunning for their job as well. Like, I don't want it. It's fine. Yeah, but even if I am, just work harder then. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well. Don't log off at six. <laughs> <laughs> what you said earlier is prevalent in terms of most people don't understand themselves and i don't know how much time we actually have but as a little ending thing i suppose a big part of confrontation is how comfortable are you with confronting yourself yeah and truthfully like until this year i don't think i was very comfortable with it no oh my god no and only now because i kind of have to and also i want to 
but only now am I getting therapy and things like that. And actually, I was saying, do you know, I was saying this to one of our friends the other day. I feel like, especially at the minute, and I think a lot of people in their twenties and probably other times of life, but I'm not there, so I wouldn't know. But um, my answer to so many things. So I, oh, I don't know, or I think, or I don't know about that, or I think this, or I'm not really sure yet. It's constantly umming and ahhing. It's always like in the middle. Mm. And I would really like to get to a point where I go, I know this, or I feel this. Do you think, have definitive answers? And I think understanding think yourself is really key. Vital. Oh, hugely. But do you think, I don't know why I've said, do you think 10 times? Do you think? Do you think that umming and ahhing and being mm-hmm. in between, mm-hmm. it's so safe? But is it? In, is it? So I think it's no, sometimes like, scarier to be certain. No, but it's safe in the, in a way where, like, do you know? I have one friend. She doesn't do it anymore. When we were younger, mm-hmm. and she was like not totally sure on. Well, no, actually, in fact, I think she probably was totally sure on what she liked doing for fun mm-hmm. and what she didn't. Anytime you invited her to something, she'd say maybe mm-hmm. because then the option was always there. Yeah, and it was there and not there, and like. She didn't have to go, and no one would be pissed off because she said maybe. Mm-hmm. And if she did want to go, that's great because she said maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's like you cover all bases. So I'm like, if somebody says to you, like, I don't know, what do you want from this job role? Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, I think I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Then when you bail on it because you realise, fuck that, that, no one's questioning it. She said, I think. Yeah. Like, I don't, there's security in a way where, like, you've covered all bases by being, of course. By being vague. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes it's necessary to be vague and to recognise that we're being vague. But I also think... It would be nice to be secure in how you To say, felt. this is what I want, this is what I am doing, this is where I am going to be. It may not go to plan. No. But to have certainty gives us direction sometimes. Or like, yes. even in just who... Not about my career, because again, I don't know. And mm. I don't think you need to know. No. But because uh, I think, I think life can, throws you different opportunities. It can also make you narrow-minded in a sense. Yeah. Where you're like going for one thing the whole time. Yeah. Sometimes you get it and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. but when someone says like well who are if someone said to me like who are you who is abby a lot of mine would be umming and ahhing and i don't know and i would quite like to know and well, i think that's not, a lifelong journey do you, do you think you'd know what you'd say no. no i've got no idea not one thing i am cute as hell yeah yeah i'm cute <laughs> that's so rubbish <laughs> yeah like i, I would re- my headphones are literally falling off my head i'm gonna give myself a fringe right now by pushing him back on yeah i don't know and i think it would be really nice and i i even said it to my therapist last week because i'm a therapy goer now i said it to her i said i feel like a lot of the time my answers to a lot of things are i don't know really yeah that's interesting i wonder if mine are i haven't noticed and i feel that 26 has really it's been a weird old year like we said oh last week God, so really weird. odd and a lot of the things I'm like, oh my God, I really don't know. Do I know? Do I say I don't know? I think we all do. I haven't noticed at all. I think we all do. And it's fear-based a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also you don't want to like be embarrassed by no. what you say because people hold yeah. you accountable. There's no one else's business. Yeah. If I change my mind, well, at least I'm sure about it. But, but like, we went, we went out at the weekend mm-hmm. and um, we went out with my friends from work. Mm-hmm. That mystery man came along. Mm-hmm. We went together and someone said something, I can't remember what happened, but someone said something to him like, oh, I'm going to embarrass you or it will really embarrass you. And he was like, nah, it won't. He was like, it absolutely won't. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because I would say he's quite introverted. Yeah. Like as a person, like you'd think that I'm really hard to embarrass. Mm-hmm. I'm so easy to embarrass. Yeah. Like you could talk too loud in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're going to chat. Mm-hmm. Like 
I was so easy to embarrass. And he was like, there's literally nothing you can do right now that would make me feel embarrassed. Yeah. But I'm like, in a weird way, like, I see that as, like, quite a secure trait. For, like, 100%. you're always quite sure of yourself in that sense. That, like, it doesn't actually matter what anyone yeah. thinks because you're fine. Yeah. It's that like unapologetic. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I'm quite hard to embarrass, but only because I feel like I've always got to come back. Yeah, I know. So, but, there's, sec- but there's insecurity in that security, potentially. Because you're like, you can defend yourself and that's why sure. you're not embarrassed. But it's like, my mystery man's the same. He's very secure. And like, if he wants to do something, he'll do it. We went out on the weekend, he saw someone who he sees on telly, went straight over to them. Never in a million years. to them. He was like a kid in a candy shop. It was the sweetest thing. But I'm like, oh, my initial thing was like, oh my God, I can't believe we're doing that. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I wouldn't. Because why like, wouldn't I? Because it's like, shoot your shot. Yeah. He literally got up and was like, went over as if he'd known him for yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's his little dad. Like, just doesn't care. Yeah. And I think, like, there's beauty in that. Oh, 100%. Like, I think that's like... But it still really makes... Nice is that trait. for me? If I'm like, go on, go over. I'm like, I can't. Exactly. Go over, yeah. can't go over. Go over for me. Yeah. And yeah, because he's, he's like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? He's oh, just yeah, going to tell me no. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, but if you told me no, I'd cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I'd have to go yeah. home. <laughs> so yeah, basically, we're really insecure and un- unconfrontational. We're working on it. We're working always. on it. Join us next week when we work on it a bit more. We'll work on something else next week. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't focus on anything for too long, there's nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a pleasure. Always. I've run out my tiny friend. Goodbye.